0: It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. Say
1: to this
0: one. And Horns 24 7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn.
1: light it up on a wednesday wednesday edition of light the tower on the horn craig weighs out but i am here i am jeff Howe. wherever you're listening however you're listening we just thank you so much for being a part of today's presentation joining me as always behind the glass our esteemed producer the play-by-play prodigy cameron parker cam how are you today sir
2: jeff i'm doing well and Aaron, it's because Aaron Hogan just called me the fittest member of the horn. And honestly, that's probably the best compliment I've ever gotten in my life.
1: Just be real, dog, That's a pretty low bar. Have you seen Rod Babers? Well, you got Rod, but Bucky's decrepit. <laughs> uh, Craig and I make no bones about the fact that we're not in the greatest shape. Uh, you know, Zay, Zay, is, Zay is, I'm sure, not in his physical prime, nor is Chad.
2: I don't think Ty agrees with that because he's giving me uh, some gestures across the hallway. Ty,
1: Ty giving you this giving you the stink eye. Well, I yo, I'll I'll throw Ty in there in terms of being fit. You guys are not that far removed from your physical primes. I'm very I, I never I don't know if I ever had a physical prime, but if I did, long past the point of that.
2: I don't think I had a physical prime either. Well, uh, I, I never played football for uh, a state champion, so
1: I would say, yeah, but is your uh, is your runner up medal from a state championship game in the trash can somewhere at NRG stadium? No, because Ty's is. He told us that story when he was filling in producing for this show at one point in time.
2: I got a runner up medal for DECA. Does that count? Not really. Not really mm, physical. Though. No,
1: but hey, in Ty's defense, though, if if QB one throws his medal in the trash and then others start, you kind of have to fall in line. So I don't fault Ty for that. That's not a it's not a Ty Henderson issue right there.
2: No, I I understand it. Ty,
1: Ty's being a good a good teammate. In that in that sense, got any thought on that cam or we, we good Well, to
2: go. Craig Craig's big on keeping your medals and uh, something that you're going to remember down the line. So, but I understand in the heat of the V, here's you, the thing: you I don't, don't care about second place.
1: I don't have many awards for my athletic accomplishments to keep. So, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> it's not a big not a big issue for me. I got my Letterman jacket. That's about all I've got. Yeah. So. And I'm I'm not hundred percent sure where that thing is. Did you keep your Letterman jacket from high school, Cam?
2: I didn't play football, so I didn't.
1: Okay. Well, did you play a varsity sport? Nope. Really? Didn't play a, not one single not even track, like sure you could have found something in track to, to do.
2: I played rec sports, that's about it.
1: Well maybe a little distance running, some some jumps. No. No. A hurdles, hurdle action? No. Pole no. vault? Could a pole vault? Could you have pole vaulted back in the day? I don't think I could. Well, dadgum, Cam, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the know, doubt, and you're not helping.
2: I was, you know, I was fully in on journalism in high school. So,
1: <laughs> Three, uh, my, Yeah, I took a journalism class in high school. It, it ended up with me uh, laying in the corner of the room taking a nap, <laughs> and in between my naps playing Snake on my Nokia phone, which was, back in the day, that was the only game you had on the primitive cell phones was Snake.
2: I don't even know what that is. You didn't have, like, CoolMathGames.com?
1: No, it's like, you know, the snake is like you have the little line and then you eat the food and the snake gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you have to follow the patterns.
2: Yeah. You never, never played phones. snake? No, no. We had Floppy Bird. That was pretty big in high school, was Floppy Bird.
1: Oh, Victor check, checking in on the specs text line. It says, Good morning, Jeff. I'm sitting in the parking lot to the Florence City Park. I had to make some deliveries in Kalina on my way back. Stopped here for a break. Nice little park, big oak trees. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I can't recall if the tennis court is still there, Victor, but played many a game with wall ball on that tennis court back in the day. And where the pool is, that actually used to be a baseball field. Uh, that was my youth baseball field. Uh, a site of many a blunder back in my day. I was not a prolific baseball player by any stretch. So there you have it. Bizarro Dale Dudley is right there with Ty Henderson for throwing the second-place medal in the trash. Second place is nothing more than being the first loser. And then somebody channeling their inner Ricky Bobby. Nine hundred three area code. So you, sir, are from East, sir or madam, are from East Texas. If he ain't first, you're last. All depends on what you see when you look at that medal. Don't blame Ty one bit. Says one texture.
2: Because how many how many state titles did Ty win?
1: Uh, at
2: Westlake when he was playing football?
1: Tyrus. If you can hear me in that other room, how many how many state championships did you win while you were at Westlake in in any sport? Is he in there, Cam? I don't know if he's still in there. I don't think so.
2: He's probably he's holding up a big goose egg.
1: He's holding up a big goose egg. Ty, why don't you come in here for a second? Why don't you get in on this conversation? Come come in, come in here, Ty. Come in the studio. We gotta, we gotta hash this out because we we brought up. Well, we'll talk Longhorn football. Got a couple of Longhorn notebooks. Uh, Also got our flex update, inconceivable. We'll give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football magazine on today's show. But we got to get this straightened out with Ty. Uh, Ty Henderson, producer of. Bucky and Aaron joining us right now. So you told the story back when you were doing fill-in producing before Cameron became our full-time producer. Uh, Your second-place medal, do you just want to tell the story about how it unfolded? Westlake loses to North Shore Mm -hmm. in the state championship game at NRG. Uh, I was in the press conference with Sam and Coach Dodge pretty somber press conference to say the least so walk me through what happens and how your second place medal ended up in the trash
0: um so i wasn't even suited up for that game because i was injured at that point oh, yeah.
1: what what inj- what was your injury i
0: tore my ucl that's that's what mm. it was which knew- is a very rare football like i I, f- I tore my ucl planting my arm on the ground wasn't shotgunning after beating lake travis or something like that we lost lake travis my senior year that was before way to that go. was before the tides turned way to go cam yeah bringing up bad memories all, all around uh, mm. this morning but um oh, yeah no. so i wasn't <laughs> suited out we lost over time very sad kind of not the you know it was a questionable ending with with the trick play at, at the goal line um but we're all lined up we get handed our medals before the first place team north shore gets theirs and we're all just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm crying. Everybody's crying. It's probably the saddest moment me and my friends ever shared together. And then as we're walking to the tunnel uh, and in an R G, there's a big trash can there, and Sam just throws his, and we're all, at, I mean, I was gonna throw mine away anyways. I was like, all right, there we go. And then not everybody did.
1: There some was, some guys kept
0: them. There were okay. some people, but um, I don't regret it. I mean, I don't want to look at that. My dad. The reason I did it is because I have my dad. Second place, Westlake. He lost in state championship as well. Mm-hmm. And he gave it to me because I think he didn't want to look at it as well. (laughs) So I didn't want to have that problem for you know until I had a kid.
1: I've always wondered. I've always wondered that question. Like state championship, a conference championship, national championship, Super Bowl, whatever. Would you almost rather? Is it more painful to not make it or to make it and not win?
0: I mean, I want to say just not make it at all because the but the memories that through the years the memories have gotten better you know we've kind right, of we've, yeah. we beat Allen the game before it's their like a, it's like the game. bad
1: it's like the bad breakup like yeah you know after a while you're yeah, yeah you know the we still, I did, there was some good that came there's out there's
0: a few still a few guys that i played with on that team that if we bring it up that's all we're going to talk about like might as well shut down the night put on <laughs> put on the highlights we're running through some film um uh, and you know that gets a little bit annoying now that it's almost <sighs> 10 years ago at this point
1: man it, has it been that long
0: it's like eight years yeah
1: Dude, it's wild. Oh yeah, that was twenty the twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, man, it's crazy how time flies. Well, Ty, I know you got to get to work, but I just wanted to let you tell the story and set it straight. And yeah, Craig, you're... Craig was
2: not happy about. about
1: no, that. no, he was pretty upset with, with Ty.
2: <laughs> Texas Alpha <laughs> wants to know, Ty, can you explain the last play where they ran a gadget play into the best okay. player on the field? So it
0: involves uh, two future NFLers and Sam Ellinger and Kylan Granson tied in on the Colts, uh, played at SMU and Rice, but um. He Reed Clubnick, who at the time was the Westlake's all time leading receiver, went to Yale. He's Yale's all time leading receiver. Um, would have been playing in the NFL if it weren't for COVID, if you if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ran a little motion. It was kinda like it was I would it was kind of the Philly special where okay. Sam ran a little flat route, but it was a it was a pitch to Kylan. On YouTube? Yes, definitely I mean, YouTube, on YouTube. Yeah. He he pitched it to Kylan. Kylan kinda runs a jet sweep motion. Calavion Chase on also in the NFL blew up our slot receiver who was in for Club Nick didn't even stand a chance and just kinda disrupted the play and Grantson just couldn't get a get a good clean pass off and it and it ended right there. And it was I was front row for it right next to Coach Dodge and he dropped his headset. It was the most classic, just like, oh well big balls in Cowtown don't work out yeah. every time.
1: Coach Dodge got the last laugh though. Winning three oh in a row, yeah, now we, we, it. we, I
0: mean, we, I think we, in, we established the culture, my, my class at yeah. Westlake. I, that's what we like to think.
1: There you, yeah, it's a good way to look at it. All right, well, any other questions for Ty on this deal, Cam? Or, or can he? Is he free to resume? I think through? I'm good. I think we're good. Okay. All right, well, thanks, Ty, guys. thanks. Thank, Thank you so much. It. Any, any, any good pickups lately in the in the card game? <sighs> I, you know, until
0: the next rookie class comes out, I'm kind of, I'm kind of chilling on. I've already, on NFL got my, stuff. I've already got my
1: Bijan rookie card. I did the Panini Instant game Oh, really? Yeah. Got that in the mail a couple weeks I just don't weeks, like though. the Instant in the corner. Yeah, I'm babe. fine with it. I'm cool. I just want... I'm 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 making base cards great again, so it's my... It's well, my I
0: still got some stuff for you, for you, uh, some base for you. And, the, I, will, for
1: and you. I will take, gladly, it all. take it. All. take it all. Gladly take it
0: Well, I appreciate it, guys.
1: <sighs> Tyronius, thank you, sir, for your contributions here. Thank you for everything you've done to your body for this station. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, all right. Specs text line is open, 337-3776. Uh... Texter asks, is that the – says the NCAA – oh, this was from yesterday's show, my bad. It says, was that the flip-off the camera game? I have no idea what the flip-off the camera game means. Uh, Texter said, at least we don't have to listen to Cam's glory days. That's the upside of Cam not playing a a varsity sport. Mm. You don't have to bore everybody and regale people with tales from the past. CB says, Snake uh, was the it game. See, Cam, if you pull up the Specs text line, look at CB's last text. That's what the Snake game was.
2: All right, I'll pull up. CB knows every game. Though. Just take CB a look at it. knows
1: everything. Take a look at it. Let me know what you think. That was the snake game. Wow. See, the snake eats the food and just keep. he gets bigger and bigger, and then you just got to make sure that the head of the snake doesn't bite the tail or else you die and start over. That's pretty riveting, Jeff. Wow. No, I'm telling you, man, back in the day, I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't – I didn't know it'd get to a point where you could do really cool stuff on your phone, on your smartphone. But you
2: could play Madden on your phone. That's what we played in high school. Was
1: Madden? You knew a lot of a lot of stuff on your phone. Jeff Mudd says I'll take a Drew Gressett jersey in place of my Directors Cup T-shirt. Jeff Mudd, we'll come up with a nice gift for you, sir. And pl- with since there will be no Directors Cup T-shirt printed this year.
2: What, what was the bet between you and Jeff Mudd? I
1: don't know. It's just the ongoing bit that I have of you know what do you, what do you do as a fan if your school wins the Directors Cup? Like do you hang a band? do you print t-shirts like I don't know I don't know what you do it's kind of like winning the NIT like I I guess you can print shirts for it but does anybody really want to walk around with like an NIT championship shirt or are we really going to see people you know at a tailgate or down on Bevo Boulevard like oh hey I've got my director's cup t-shirt we won the director's cup director's cup champions two years in a row oh doesn't doesn't do a whole lot for me, you know what I'm
2: saying? I think the NIT one, it's just more irony. Like, I would love to own one just for the irony of it. Like, Rector's Cup,
1: you. eh. Okay.
2: I mean, I think, you know, you, you put out a social media graphic, you light the tower, we're number one. That's it. We're good. <laughs> there you go. But we're not number one because Stanford won it, unfortunately.
1: They did this year. The the Cardinal regained it. So, you can blame the lights at Sunken Diamond if you want for that. I, if, uh, I will, I guess. I don't know. I'd... Director's Cup standings, not to dig that topic up, but it, it had zero – it influenced my viewing of the Stanford Super Regional, not one iota. Did not Did not influence it at all. Didn't care. Could not have cared less.
2: And it's honestly a competition where, you know, I know we just talked about if you're not first or last. Second's pretty damn good considering how many college programs there are, and that tells you where Texas is at above mm-hmm. a lot of other programs. I mean, number two behind Stanford, it, it shows – what CDC in this athletic program, Jay Hartzell, Kevin L have, you know, really done and really supported UT athletics? Because there was a period, Jeff, a little bit where the programs were in the gutter.
1: Yeah, and we're not we're not all that far. We're removed from removed it, from yeah. No. Um, let's see. Somebody asked me how many state championships has Gerald won in its tenure. I'm looking at the Gerald High School Wikipedia page. Uh, let's see. Twenty twelve a baseball state championship. So they've got one. Gerald has go. one. Uh, I'll be honest, my alma mater has zero, but the kids in Florence have the advantage that they woke up this morning thinking the good lord that they don't live in Gerald. There
2: we go. All so right. There's that's, the
1: That's always the that's always the plus, man. You grow up on the right side of four eighty seven, you know God treated you the right way.
2: Dig at Gerald, everyone take your shot. Mark it off the bingo card. We got, we got 20 minutes of the show, so it could have been worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, again, Specs Tech Sun is open three thirty seven, three seven seven six. Cam, I got a Facebook hypothetical for you, uh, and in the Longhorn Notebook. I want to get into a little Longhorn football, but I want to talk a little Longhorn baseball too. Something that we talked about on the Longhorn Blitz podcast that we didn't mention anything about. It was it was a passing mention by me, and I've just been kind of thinking about it, just marinating on it overnight, and. I want to bring it up to Cam and, and get the feedback of the listeners. But Cam, I, 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 you're our resident NBA fan um, on this show. Craig is an unabashed seam head. Uh, I'm definitely leaning more towards football. Uh, see, this texture says, hold on just a second. Uh Seamhead girl says, I have an NIT mug from 1977. It was a big deal then. Yes, before the NCAA tournament expanded and to the Texas team under Abe Lemons that won the NIT at the Garden, that's something to behold. That's something to be proud of because the NCAA tournament field back then, I think it was was it 32 or 28 at that point. I don't remember. But, yes, if you won the NIT back then, you were a very good team pre-expansion to 64 in 1985. So, yes, I take nothing away from that team. I'm talking about the, the one Texas won over Lipscomb a couple of years ago. All right, Cam, here's your question. Wh- what was the better NBA draft class just based on these five players? It's 2011 versus 2009. Now, I think we can all agree that when, you, when you're talking about NBA drafts, there's three drafts really kind of in my lifetime that are the gold standards that are set apart from other drafts. 84, Jordan Olajuwon, Barkley, Stockton. That may be the greatest draft in NBA history. 96, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash. Uh, I said Iverson, Nash, Kobe. Ray Allen was the other one that I was thinking of that was in the 96 draft. Uh, And then you got 2003, LeBron, Carmelo, D-Wade, Chris Bosh. Those are kind of the three drafts that are set apart. But Cam, 09 and 11 were pretty good. Here's the 09 draft, Cam. And all you got to do is tell me which one you would take. If you guys want to bash Cam or support him on the Specs text line, feel free. I've got no dog in this fight, Cam. 2011 uh, is going to be – or actually 2009, we'll start there. 2009 is going to be Steph Curry, Drew Holiday, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan and Blake Griffin it's your 5 for 09 your 5 for the 2011 draft Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving Jimmy Butler, Klay Thompson Kawhi Leonard
2: mm. off the top at least you got probably 2-3 Hall of Famers from 09 Steph Curry for sure James Harden James for Harden sure Hall of Fame. DeMar DeRozan has an argument
1: Blake Griffin's case will be interesting
2: I don't think he has a case,
1: you know. But but we'll take take this into consideration though. When you're talking about the Basketball Hall of Fame, they take into consideration what you did in college. And Blake Griffin's one year at Oklahoma, he was National Player of the Year. So I think when you look at the body of work, the totality of it, Blake Griffin's got has an interest. I'm not saying he's a lock. I'm not saying he's a first ballot guy. I'm saying at some point Blake Griffin will have a case. Yeah. To be in the Hall of Fame.
2: 2011. I mean, Kyrie's a Hall of Famer. Clay's a Hall of Famer, Kawhi's a Hall of Famer, uh Fucevic has a case. Jimmy Butler's probably a Hall of Famer, even though he did say he would not show up to his own ceremony for that. So <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe twenty eleven has more Hall of Famers if you're going off of that. Now are you just going off the top five picks?
1: I'm just going I, I just saw this. This was an ESPN uh Instagram post, just kinda asking just to get some conversation going, got to get that engagement, Cam. Got to get those numbers up. So I don't know. I just thought about, I just thought about throwing it out there. Just wanted to get your take. I, I'd probably see. I want to say I'd lean toward twenty eleven, just because you consider you know Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, Clay Thompson, and Kyrie. That in, I don't know what Kimball Walker's final resume is going to look like. Is Kimball Walker a Hall of Famer? Probably not. But maybe you could have that discussion. But then, dude, any any time you're talking about a draft with with, with Steph and Harden, that's Two of, the, two of the, you could argue, along with Kevin Durant, in the last, I don't know, 20 years of the NBA, maybe the two best purely pure offensive players we've seen in the league, James Stephen, Harden and Steph Curry.
2: Yeah. Curry's by far probably the best shooter of all time. James Harden, I think, is the best isolation scorer of all time. He's a guy, mm-hmm. if you're trying to play a one-on-one tournament, you probably take James Harden,
1: right? I don't I wouldn't and James prime James Harden, I would not disagree with mm-hmm.
2: that. Kyrie at one. Eleven is interesting because you have Derek Williams at two, former Arizona Wildcat. Did not have a great career. And his cantor, I mean, how many how many NBA players are banned from going back to their own country? <laughs> True. He's up there. Tristan Thompson.
1: Solid. Solid career. Got his NBA. For the ring longhorn.
2: Jonas Faljuanis, he's had a great career. Uh Jan Vesely, Yikes for the Wizards at six. Bismack Biombo. He's bounced around. Uh currently playing for Phoenix. Brandon Knight. Uh, he's probably most notable for what, the DeAndre Jordan poster. I was gonna
1: say that, that time DeAndre Jordan just ended his career. But but then the
2: back half of the twenty eleven draft is is pretty good. You got Kemba Walker who I don't know about the Hall of Fame thing. If you're going off of college, then for sure he's a Hall of Famer because he had a great career at UConn, was a great player for the Bobcats. Was the Hayward quarter. in that draft? No, I think Hayward was 2012, right? Okay. But then you also got you got Clay, Jimmer Fredette, uh, who's had a great mm-hmm. pro- professional Inter- career, international including, career, yeah. including yeah his time overseas. Clay Thompson, obviously a Hall of Famer. Alec Burks has had a good career as a backup point guard. The Morris twins. Who they've played for every team in the NBA, but they've had a solid <laughs> career considering they've been were picked 13-14. Kawhi Leonard, finals MVP two times, I believe. Nikola Vutovich, who's getting paid boatloads of money with the Chicago Bulls. Amon Schumper, Tobias Harris.
1: Amon Schumper had a couple of years where he was he was a nice player.
2: Kenneth Farid, Reggie Jackson, you know, he's he's made a, a solid living. He won an NBA championship this past year with the Denver Nuggets. And then of course Jimmy Butler, who was a second round pick. And Best player on a pair of Miami Heat teams that went to the NBA Finals. Don't forget about Corey Joseph as well. Kojo, he had a solid NBA career
1: and has a ring, has a ring. Yeah, with the Spurs. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to throw that out there. Just get get your NBA brain working. This Josh morning Shelby,
2: late second round pick, former former Jayhawk.
1: Great. Oh. You know, I haven't had a, haven't had a reason to think about Josh Shelby in about five six years. So. The last
2: pick of that twenty eleven draft, Jeff. Do you
1: know? Mr. Irrelevant in 2011, I have no idea.
2: Isaiah Thomas.
1: Really? He was Mr. Irrelevant?
2: Yeah. Which I don't think they call it that in the NBA.
1: Well, he had, the he had. there's probably about, what, maybe a three three to five year stretch where he was a top 20-ish player in the league.
2: I would agree. 20, 2009, not a lot of second round gems. Dexter Pittman. Hey. Hassan side. Did
1: you guys know, by the way, everybody listening to this show, Stop down what you're doing. I don't know if you knew this. But Dexter Pittman, from the time he got to Texas till the time he left, lost a bunch of weight. Don't know if you guys knew that. You wouldn't have known it by the 55,000 times it was mentioned during every Texas nationally televised game back then. But I, uh, I digress. Proceed, Cam.
2: Avery Bradley, Damian James, and Dexter Pittman—three Longhorns drafted. in two thousand and ten.
1: Yeah, because uh, you just got to remember the oh nine ten season where you go from being number one in the country at the turn of the calendar year to being a bubble team by the end of the regular season. So, it was it's not not a great not a great year, not a great year.
2: But the answer is the two thousand and eleven draft over two thousand nine. That Kay. is my final pick, Joe. That is
1: uh, Cameron Parker, our resident NBA expert. Cam, are are you ready for? Uh, you ready for your NBA free agency preview tomorrow?
2: I'm just want to know if you're ready for it.
1: I mean, I'm I'm as ready as I can be. I just you're, I'm going to turn to you. The, the floor is going to be yours. I'll just be sitting here in this chair, just making sure you know it, the the course stays right. But that's going to be your deal, man.
2: We're, we're getting we're going to get your input on the Dallas Mavericks and their situation free agency. Uh, yes. They want to
1: do the little Mavericks. All right. Well, we will. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk some Texas football in the Longhorn Notebook, but also. Texas baseball point that got brought up very, very briefly during the Longhorn Blitz podcast yesterday, which you can go to Horns247.com and get that, or anywhere you get your podcasts, search Horns247. That's Horns247. Smash together, no dashes, slashes, or spaces. Just click that follow button to get every episode of the Blitz when it drops, typically on Tuesdays. Mentioned it briefly yesterday, thought about it overnight, and I want to just throw it out there to the listening audience, just some food for thought, based on what the feedback on the Specs text line was after Texas was eliminated from the NCAA tournament, and what we were the, some of the text we were getting yesterday in the face of LSU winning the national championship, and winning the College World Series. We'll do that when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. It's a Midwest thing, yeah. Light the Tower with Craig West and Jeff got a green class broke the door same not Nelly's best selling album but might be my favorite thing that he's done in the hip hop world will think Chicks, or midwest Swing. thoughts on this cam before we move on
2: Nelly's a big fan of Kimball Walker, so maybe he disagrees with uh, our thoughts on Kimball Walker's career.
1: You think Kimball Walker's a Hall of Famer? You want to you wanna step out on in, that, list? In terms
2: of the way the NBA or the Basketball Hall of Fame works, he's definitely a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, because everybody gets into the Basketball yeah. Hall of Fame. You, I think, like, similar to Blake Griffin, right? Blake Griffin was National College Player of the Year, Consensus All-American, Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh... Also, and, you know, Blake Griffin's six-time All-Star. If you're including the,
2: the, his college basketball career, then I understand it. But yeah.
1: That's, but that's, sure what, that's what the Basketball Hall of Fame is, though.
2: So that's why they need to branch off and make a separate Hall of Fame for the NBA. See, now you're a Bill Simmons guy. I like Bill Simmons' idea of the pyramid, right? A pantheon of Yeah, players. the Hall of Fame
1: pyramid. Yeah. yeah.
2: I still think Kemba's in there with the <laughs> top. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Mudd, Mudd is begging, he's tired of the Kimba he's begging us
1: to stop talking about Kemba Walker.
2: Hey, I grew up in Charlotte, so I went to a lot of Kimba Walker games, saw a lot of Kimba Walker game winners.
1: Uh, Kimba Walker, four-time All-Star. He only got one All-NBA team, and it was a third team. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, he also, he played on some really, really poor rosters.
1: That's they, true. That is true.
2: They did not feel the good roster until they got Big Al Jefferson, in the, in the year that they made the playoffs for the first time. Sneaky
1: since. good career, Al Jefferson. Oh, Big Al? Sneaky good career.
2: He if he played in the wrong era, if he played in the '80s, he would have dominated. Man,
1: <laughs> it's weird how you look good. You look at guys back in the day. Be like, like what would a guy like dude, Mark, I think a guy like Mark Price playing in the NBA today, dude, Mark Price would be a Hall of Famer, no question. But then there's some guys like, yeah, if he probably would have played 15 years before this, he'd have been he'd have been dominant. And then there's guys like Darius Miles, where I'm not sure any era of the league where Darius for him. Miles would have been what I hoped and thought he would be. But at any rate. Enough NBA talk. We've, uh, we've, we've beat that horse enough. Let's go on and talk some Texas sports in this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, Cam. And again, Specs text Line is open 337-3776. I had this comparison. We are talking yesterday, and Cam, I, 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 I want to bring this up, too, uh, in terms of talking Texas football with where Texas – is Texas really the team to beat in the Big 12 this year? That was kind of the, the – the, the emphasis, if you will, on the Longhorn Blitz podcast this week. But we were talking about Oklahoma, and I brought it up to to Matt and Rod. Like, what do you guys think of Oklahoma this year? We're kind of going down the list of Big 12 teams, thinking, okay, who's going to be the bottom half of the conference? Who's in that middle tier? Who can really contend for this thing? And I'm like, what do we make of Oklahoma? And, you know, Rod made the point, Oklahoma can be better. You know, they could be an 8-9 win team, which compared to the year they had last year would be a, a good year for them. But – if you look at where Brent Venables is, what are the chances that Brent Venables is going to be the third straight Hall of Fame caliber coach that Oklahoma will have hired? Like, Bob Stoops is a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think Lincoln Riley, no question, you look at his resume, is headed in that direction. And within the first couple of years they were on the job, you would have considered, like back in you know, 2001, 2003, you would have considered Bob Stoops one of the five best coaches in college football. Same thing with Lincoln Riley in 2017, 18, 19. You would have considered Lincoln Riley one of the best five head coaches in college football. What are the odds Brent Venables gets to that level? The odds would tell you he's more likely not to get there than to get there. So Brent Venables could have a pretty solid career. By the way, all the conference championships that Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley won. So Brent Venables could have, by what all accounts are, a solid career as the head coach at Oklahoma. But he would have to be a Hall of Fame caliber coach to live up to what the two guys before him did. And I like comparing, you know, college sports programs across different sports. Like, oh, uh, like the one that I I think about, like, okay, like who is Ohio State football like in the the college basketball world, right? And I'm like, you know, probably – you know, maybe like a team like Kentucky, like Kentucky basketball is probably really close to Ohio State football. The, the totality, the body of work, the tradition is all there. But when you start looking at national championships, you're like, OK, maybe I, I probably would have thought maybe they had a few more. But it's still a nice number. But, you know, maybe you think that whatever. But I started thinking about Oklahoma football and who I would compare Oklahoma football to, given where they are right now. with This Brent Venable situation. I'm like, you know, Oklahoma football is a lot like Texas baseball. And when you look like look at David Pierce's resume and what he's done, right? And and take pull pull the name of the program David Pierce is the head coach of, right? Pull that away. He's won the Big Twelve three times. He's been to Omaha. What, three? He's been to Omaha three times. Uh got to the semifinals once. Granted, they had the two times, they were two and barbecued. They were one just fluke play away from maybe being back in Omaha again this year, got to a Super Regional, won a conference championship, and what we all said was, hey, maybe it's not going to be the best year for this program, for this team, considering what they lost. And you look at David Pierce, just the the body of work that he's put together at Texas, and take away the name, you're like, man, okay, that's a pretty good good run he's had, a a pretty good tenure he's had at Texas so far. Uh, David Pierce at Texas, by the way. 261 and 138, 65.4 percent of his games, he's won. 81 and 61 conference record. That's a 57 percent win percentage in conference play. And if you look at the end results, like I said, three regular season conference championships, regional in 17, Omaha in 18, they were 519. That was uh, no, unquestionably was a bad year. They were 14 and three before the COVID shutdown in 2020. 50 wins in a College World Series trip in 2021, 47 wins back to Omaha in 22, and 42 wins in a Super Regional appearance this year. It's only in comparison to you look at the two guys who were on the job on the 40 acres before David Pierce, and if you're ranking the greatest college baseball coaches ever, I don't care if you're doing a top three, a top five, a top ten, Cliff Gustafson and Augie Garrido are in that conversation for two of the best that have ever done it. So what are the odds that Texas, and really you go back to, you know, Bib Billy Dis, what are are the odds that Texas would hire another guy that would be a Hall of Fame caliber coach, one of the best coaches in the history of the sport, what are the odds they would do that again? David Pierce can have a really nice tenure, Cam. Hell, he could win win a national championship, and it still wouldn't measure up to what Gus or Augie did and what any of the coaches before him did. It's a tough. It's a really tough spot to be in. It's almost an impossible situation to be in.
2: That part I will agree with. But can we get some more years out of Venables yet before we compare David Pierce to Venables? Because we've only no, had... I'm saying it's
1: not like a direct comparison, but it's kind of just similar similar situations. It's setting up to have to be in. They are setting up to be in similar situations.
2: Okay, I think Venables had a little bit his resume a little bit different than David Pierce because he you know he's won a national championship as a defensive coordinator for a great Clemson football program. He's already had his head coaching you know time failed in the first stop if you want to say that. Now got a second chance at an Oklahoma program. Now the thing with him and Pierce, like Fennel says stuff that I like taking away my Longhorns hat. It's like what are you saying? I mean last week he said this Oklahoma team was a 10-win team if not for bad defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Texas wins a national championship if not for bad defense and bad offense every year, right? I don't know how you can argue and say that. His point about I don't want to recruit players, if you commit to Oklahoma, you can't look anywhere else, and that's not how it works in this age and day anymore, Finables. You also have the fire hose fully inserted into my mouth comment.
1: But he, he had he had no problem, though, guys he had recruited Clemson. Exactly. He had no problem recruiting those guys.
2: So Norman. I know it's on the nose comparison there. I, th- I think fenable says stupid stuff way too much, and I feel like Pierce is, you know, he's a very level-headed coach. Um, but I get your point in saying that it's hard to live up to what Lincoln Riley and what Bob Stoops did, and the same thing for David Pierce. But you you still have the resources to be a top program year in and year out, and I'm curious what Oklahoma does in the SEC. And for Texas baseball – you know it's Omaha or bust every year. It's you know it's you say it every year, but there's a reason why, especially with the what Texas has at its disposal, what David Pierce has. I mean, he has the talent. He recruits well. Just something's been off, you know, on the transfer portal. If you want to go with that, and maybe the disconnect between the pitching and his pitching staff that you've talked about, Jeff. That, that's the
1: bigger one for me. Like if you look at their, if you look at their offensive takes out of the portal, the last few years they've actually done a really good job. I mean, Mike Antico was a really good player for this mm-hmm. program. Skylar Messenger, really good player for this program. You got a lot of production this year out of Garrett Gilmet and Porter Brown. I mean, Porter Brown was a guy that was basically kind of left for dead at TCU. He comes to Texas; he's a unanimous first-team All Big Twelve player. So your offensive takes out of the portal have been good. And the last two years, you've tu- you've turned in. David Pierce's two last two Texas teams have turned in. Arguably the two most prolific offensive seasons in school history, when you look at you know, home runs, you look at just raw production, they've been really good offensively. The thing that I'm, I've been most disappointed with is since 2021, when you had, you had a pitching staff, you had the tools with your pitching staff to win a national championship. You had the kind of rotation that you go to win a national championship with. You had a front-line, bona fide number one guy in time Aden. You had Tristan Stevens was also in that mix uh, as one of your starters. Uh, you had Pete Hansen coming into his own. Then, you know, you look at your bullpen, and however you wanted to work it, whether it was Witt giving you multiple innings to get to Nixon, Quintanilla giving you multiple innings to get to Nixon, uh, you know, one inning from Quintanilla, one inning from Witt, and then getting to Nixon. The back end of your bullpen was national championship caliber, and the pitching fell off a cliff in 22. Yeah, yeah. Especially the bullpen, and it wasn't that much better this year. To be honest, I know we can look at you know ERA and where Texas ranked nationally, but you know we were talking about it towards the end of the regular season, and especially in the Big Twelve tournament. Like, man, if you need to get if you need to get an out in a critical situation, I don't know who you go to. Like, we we're, were at that point. Like, can you can you find somebody that you can rely on, that you can depend on, that's dependable to just get an out, just record an out? They didn't have that guy. Zay, now Zane Morehouse pitched like that guy in the postseason, in the NCAA tournament. He was phenomenal in the NCAA tournament, but didn't pitch like that in the regular season. So that's my that's my big deal with the baseball program under David Pierce. Yeah, they've done really well. The The accomplishments are there. I don't think anybody, even the biggest David Pierce detractors, I don't think could deny that. Yeah, they've had success. But to me, if you're going to get to that elite level, which is ultimately what you're talking about with this program, I think the pitching situation has to get rectified. Whether it's the type of guys you're recruiting, is there something going on in the way you're developing guys? Wherever that disconnect is, and if I'm David Pierce, that's my number one thing I've got to figure out this this off season.
2: And circling back to Brent Fenable's, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach. OU was 122nd in total defense last year.
1: Dude, they were Their so defense bad.
2: Was awful. Now, here's the thing: it's only been one year, I and. Mean, for me, I want to see at least three years as a head coach before I ultimately decide if this guy is a good coach or a bad coach, if the program needs to move on or not. So he's made some moves in the transfer portal, but for OU to be good, it's on their defense, right? And for Texas baseball, for David Pierce, you know, he is he's the pitching coach, right?
1: De facto, yeah, for, you know.
2: And what's been the issue and, the last two years in the postseason? It's been the pitching, Jeff.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you, you... –
2: Having that reliable guy out of the bullpen, I mean, like Aaron Nixon just, like you mentioned, fell off a cliff in the World Series in Omaha. I mean, something happened, and may- maybe it was Sean Allen. I-, I don't know. I have no idea what was going well, on Well, you Aaron fired Nixon. Sean
1: Allen, and you had a lot of the same issues again. Yeah,
2: exactly. And Nixon goes to Mississippi State, and, you know, maybe it doesn't say a lot because they weren't a postseason team, but he was their best pitcher. He had an ERA about 2.2, I think, by the time that season wrapped up. He had a really good year. So it makes me wonder, maybe it was just a change of scenery because some guys just need to get away, but it also makes me wondering, well, there's something going on with the pitching staff and the coaching there that did not gel with Aaron Nixon and caused him to, you know, kind of just have a bad postseason.
1: And I think, too, part of – and I'm not blaming this exclusively on, you know, the inability of David Pearson, whether it was Sean Allen or Woody Williams or whoever the pitching coach is. I'm not saying it's their fault to to develop the players – are they recruiting the kind of guys that are willing to grind and want to be developed? Like, look, David Pierce knows what it takes to develop You know, guys that go on to either be high draft picks, pitching to big leagues, whatever. And go look at back at that rotation when he was the pitching coach for Wayne Graham at Rice when they won the national championship. Go back and look at the arms they had at that point. I mean, they, David Pierce knows what really good, what elite arms look like. David Pierce knows what a pitching staff that can win you a national championship. He knows what that looks like. So, like I said, I don't know if it's something in your development, you know, your development program. I don't know if it's just you just been need to do a, a, take a different approach in terms of recruiting guys in terms of mindset that might be better fits for how you want to approach things, whatever it is. And, look, maybe it's as simple as getting some of these newcomers in you know, getting some J.C. guys in, because they brought in some J.C. guys this year, Cam, and whether it was D.J. Burke or Chris Stewart, the 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 guys that they were depending on, the incoming guys to give this pitching staff a lift, really didn't do it. I mean, even, you know, the, the best of the bunch in terms of the newcomers was well, probably Heston Toll, mm-hmm. and we didn't get to see him pitch in the postseason because he got hurt. Uh, you know, Charlie Hurley was very much up and down throughout the season, but late, especially in the NCAA tournament pitch better look like he was starting to turn a corner
2: like Morehouse
1: and and for the guys that we've talked about that either took a step back or fell off a cliff or whatever you've also got to give this staff credit for what they did with LBJ you got to tell you got to take both if you're gonna give them blame for guys like Aaron Nixon and so on and so forth you got to give them credit for what they did with LBJ so but that's fair or not that's the standard at Texas and I've David said it time and again, he knew what he was getting into when he took the job. You're following Gus and you're following Augie again to the undisputed best that have ever done it. That's that's a place where the expectations, yeah, at time they might be a little unrealistic, but like I've said, baseball's one of those sports on the forty acres that you can you can live in unrealistic land with your expectations and it's a hundred percent fair. Like men's swimming and diving, volleyball's getting to that point. So I don't know. It's just just some food for thought out there. Specs Texas is open, 337-3776. Uh, Jeff Mudd. Jeff Mudd been a very big part of the presentation today, Cam. Uh, says, Jeff, you know almost better than anyone. Oklahoma is heading for a pretty long string of, eight, of six to eight win seasons. Sincerely, Nebraska. So there's that. I, do, I don't I do think Oklahoma is going to take that far of a, of a drop-off. But he also adds, Texas does not make their pitchers learn a third pitch. They don't have dominant stuff, so it's pretty easy to figure them out. Are they not learning pitches because the staff is not helping them develop that? Is is it an incorrect way of developing, or are guys not putting in the work on their own? That's a lot of what college athletics is. A lot of it is putting in work on your own. As uh, Texas says, lack of game management also isn't big on small ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know that's part of it. It's just it's different ways than you know Augie and Gus. I know they they relied on. On, on small balls, especially Augie, just manufacturing runs. Some people look at it as, as giving away outs. If yeah, they can do that, I thought I thought they had the tools to be a really good, you know, bunting, running team this year. They just ended up hitting the second most home runs in school history mm-hmm. with the lineup they had. Uh, and like CB said, we talked about earlier in the week, NIL is another issue that we didn't tackle that, that needs to be fixed uh george always thank you for your contributions said if we don't make a coaching change in baseball before we go to the sec we will get destroyed so it's interesting uh there's a lot of different ways you can look at it but you know david david pierce would have to do to win multiple national championships i think to make people feel like you made a good hire coming off of augie's tenure but it's it's a really, really tough place to be because th- those expectations, while they might not be realistic, they're considering the history you're talking about and the program you're talking about, they're they're as fair as they can be.
2: Well Stoner makes a point on the Specs Text line that I've I've asked I think you and Chad and even Aaron Hogan about it this week during the shows is about his adaptation to the NIL and Stoner says he's been fine. His issue is just limited upside to the slow advantage slow ad- adaptation to the new NIL game, one of the reliever, we're better enough to win the CWS, i.e. Paul Skeens. I, I'm with Stoner, I don't think, with Stoner. I don't think Pierce has been that off. I mean, 20, 2021, College World Series, one relief pitcher away from possibly getting to the final, right? In this season, it felt like Texas was just one pitcher away. Now, if you throw in Paul Skeens, and that's a big hit because he was the best pitcher in college baseball, yeah. so you're adding the best pitcher, of course, you're going to get better, but I, f- I feel like Texas is... Pierce has not been that far off, so to say he's going to be a disaster in the SEC, I can't go there because it, it feels like he's been one piece away, and that piece can easily be in the transfer portal. As Stoner mentioned, I just felt like Pierce hasn't really adapted to that yet, but it feels like this season, I mean, he, he has through, I guess, the bats. My issue may be just be the pitching. You, you mentioned he yeah. you, you brought up Messenger, who was a great Third baseman for Texas last year. I mean,
1: Mike Antico was one of your best players on a team that was good enough to win a national. School championship.
2: record for stolen bases, yeah. right? But pitching, it, he maybe I don't know if it's a pitching thing. It's just the way he evaluates guys. Charlie Hurley was a great addition, but like Chase Burns is a guy in Tennessee that I feel like you got to go after, right? You need you need that X factor pitcher because he's added a lot of guys who they have the upside, Jeff. But it feels like for some reason. They're they're always hitting their floor as well with St. Morehouse, where it feels like, yeah, I mean, when he's pitching his best, he is a strikeout pitcher, one two three guy. But we saw a lot of times this year during the regular season where a lot of hit batters, a lot of walks.
1: Consistency, consistency is just not there right now. And when you talk about nil, to bring up the conversation we had, we've had throughout the week, you know, as as we the College World Series wound down, is it is the coaching staff, is David Pierce just working with what they've got, and is what they've got just not enough? To go get a guy like Paul Skeens, to go get a guy like Chase Burns,
2: which that should not be an issue at Texas, right? It
1: shouldn't, but uh, we we've been led to believe that it is. So, and maybe maybe they're just making making the best out of what they've been given in terms of the NIL opportunities that are there for baseball. And the simple fix to that is you got to identify the right donors to give the right amount of money that you need to go get the players out of the portal. They can help you get to the next level. So we're up against it. Got to take a break. Come back. Inconceivable will help us close out hour number one and get into hour number two on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Ran a little long talking Texas baseball, so we'll make Inconceivable a quickie as we're into hour number two here on Light the Tower. On the Horn. Jeff Hound, Camera Parker Cam I've got one dateline Fresno, California. A California man is going to prison for running a okay, running a blank blank energy scheme that authorities say was a load of manure. Cam, what do you think this scheme that is sending this California man to prison for? What do you think it was? Is it energy? It is an energy scheme. I
2: no idea. I'm not in my realm here
1: running a cow dung to green energy scheme oh
2: so you, when you said manure you actually were talking to about manure
1: well context clues yes sir wow. uh, Ray Brewer age 66 of Porterville was sentenced Monday to six years and nine months in federal prison in a year-long years long scam. That bilked investors came out of 8.75 million dollars, <laughs> according to a statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office. Brewer ran a scheme from 2014 through 2019 in which he claimed to be building anaerobic digesters at dairies in California's Fresno, Kern, Kings, and Tulare counties, uh, and in Idaho, prosecutors said. Mm. Anaerobic what? digesters, quote unquote. Use microorganisms to break down biodegradable material and turn it into methane that can then be sold. I'm sorry, that can be sold and that also provide the producers with renewable energy credits for producing green energy. The statement said Brewer told investors that he would turn cow manure into methane while they would receive 66 percent of net profits and tax incentives. According to federal prosecutors, Brewer took investors on tours of dairies where he allegedly planned to build the digesters and claimed to have raised millions of dollars for the work. He sent them forged lease agreements with dairy owners, faked loan arrangements with banks, phony contracts with multinational companies, and bogus pictures of the machines under construction. Nice. The investors' money went into several bank accounts and Brewer... Not surprisingly, spent it on himself, buying land, a custom home, and a new, and new Dodge Ram pickup trucks, trucks plural, cam, not singular, plural. According to authorities, he also kept his investors up to date on the non-existent construction with fake schedules, invoices, power generation reports, and pictures. Brewer also refunded money to some investors using money obtained from other investors. When investors found out they had been built, some won lawsuits against him, but Brewer moved to Sheridan, Montana, and assumed a new identity before he was finally arrested, (laughs) the U.S. Attorney's Office said run a cow crap ponzi scheme try to change your identity get caught go to prison lift weights get big die almost it's it. probably this guy's life progression 66 years of age
2: i'm guessing that new dodge ram did not run off of methane produced
1: by cow manure no no this whole ponzi scheme was just a load of crap at the end of the there day there you go so, Nice. Yeah, i'm proud of nice. my craig would be proud of me for that no doubt Hour number one is officially in the books. We're into hour number two, and we will continue it when we come back on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com.